Welcome to Travel Chat with Ashley and Emily. I'm Emily with Emily Eats and Explores. And I'm Ashley from Ashley Eats Around. We like to think of this podcast as part travel channel, part Bravo. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. Now grab your favorite beverage and let's go. Welcome back to Travel Chat with Ashley and Emily. This is Emily, and we are going to share all of our tips and tricks with you about becoming a digital nomad. So Ashley and I have both left and become digital nomads, and there's a lot that goes into it. I feel like not a lot of people know exactly all the things that you need to put in place to actually make this happen, to just go off and start traveling the world and making sure you're not just leaving your home life to to crap. So we're going to go into everything that we did to make our digital nomad lifestyle successful. And Ashley, take it away. Well, I think there's some things that people don't realize have to happen. You know, you have a lot of decisions to make when you decide to take a long trip. And I think I would say anything over 90 days is like a long trip, Mm -hmm. maybe even two months. I mean, I feel like there's still stuff that's like, you know, has to happen. So I think it's like, okay, are you leaving for such an extended amount of time that you're getting rid of your apartment, renting your house out, selling your house, selling your car, all the things like putting stuff in storage. And I know when I left in 2022, uh, it was the first time I sold my car. So I had done a six month trip before in 2016 with a different car. And I just left it with my sister because I knew I was coming back within six months. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to pay the payment on this car because it's more hassle to sell it lose the value than it is just to build in a $300 car payment into my budget. Um, but obviously that just depends when I, when I left in 2022, I was like, I'm gone for at least a year, which we know didn't happen. It was more like seven months, eight months. No, it was a good time. It was, it was August to May. So actually that's not too far off. Um, and so I sold my car and I actually sold a lot of my stuff and took a lot of stuff to like Goodwill and ended up with just a few suitcases left in my friend's basement because I didn't want to pay for a storage unit. So they're definitely, it kind of depends. You still have a car though. I still have a car. Yeah. But I, my car is a hand-me-down from my dad. He needed to get a truck. So I got his car. So I think it was either just paid off or almost paid off. Like they just paid it off or almost paid off by the time that I got it. So I didn't have a car car payment. payment. So it's really just insurance, which is, I don't know, like a thousand bucks or whatever. Yeah. So it wasn't anything crazy. So it was definitely, you know, I still wanted to keep it. It's a Hyundai Elantra and like, they literally can last forever. So (laughs) I was like, I'm going to keep this car until it literally dies and I cannot keep it anymore. So it's a good car. It's still kicking. I still have it to this day, but yeah, I just kept my car because it wasn't too much of an issue. I was just paying whatever hundred dollars a month or something or. Yeah. I was in a much different boat. I had a BMW SUV. So mine was a little bit more of an expensive payment. And I, you know, you can't really leave BMWs parked. And I did pretty much for a year and a half because I was going to and from the Caribbean that the car would be parked for several months. And I'm like, this is a waste of money. Like, and now I'm in a rental car, which is also a waste of money. It is a whole thing. Um, But I think if you're, you know, if you're leaving for a year and you have a car payment, it it might make sense to get rid of it. I mean, it's going to depend on your situation. Yeah. Right. Like I didn't have to pay to house or anything. I just either kept at my fiance's house or my parents' house. So all of those factors are going to get into place. Like, are you going to need to pay to keep it somewhere? Like, are you paying a lot in a car payment? Are you paying a lot in insurance? Like, 
And I also think the family thing is a big thing, too, because Mm -hmm. if you're able to use your parents or fiance or somebody's address, you're going to have a little bit easier of a time, whereas I don't really have a relationship with my parents. I can't use their address. And so especially for my business, like your mail has to go somewhere. So I have a PO box. um, And when I'm not in town, my friend Blair, shout out to Blair, has the key and she'll go check it like once a week, once every 10 days and then get an email and then take photos of like any envelope that looks like it could maybe be important or like a bill she will send. But that's good thing to know. And then I think like it's a good idea to call your bank I don't, I mean, I think for a normal trip, you don't really need to call your bank if you're just going to Europe. But if you're going to be gone for an extended amount of time, like one of my debit cards got shut down because I was like all over different countries in Southeast Asia and I bank at a credit union and they were like, yeah, it's clearly fraud. (laughs) Like it's not fraud. Like (laughs) it's me, like I'm in Bali. And so, you know, for your credit cards, it's a little bit different, but you know, A lot of places, cash is king, as much as people want to say that you could use credit cards everywhere. Not true. Um, And so there's a lot of places that you need cash. And so I needed to have an ATM card that I could get cash. So one of my recommendations is opening a second account if you Mm -hmm. don't already have two and getting a second debit card and then just splitting, you know, putting just like 500 bucks in it or something and keeping that in a completely separate place. So keeping it instead of in your purse and your luggage, I mean, I'm kind of crazy. I travel with a credit card in my bra at all times, like in case I'm ever robbed. <laughs> so like, I usually, I'm not going to go there. I usually have, no, I, what's funny is it triggered, it triggered. I had my Amex platinum and oh my, my God. boob um, going through Disney and it like set off the sensor. And then the guy was like, do you have any metal? And I was like, no, like why would I have metal on me? And then it rang on my boob and I was like, oh, my credit card. And he goes, your credit card's metal. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. And then I probably looked like a douchebag because I feel like even I still think, which I know is not even true. I'm like, if you have a metal card, you're super rich. Like that's like, that's like, that's what I feel like. I'm like, you have a metal card. You must be wealthy. It's a different energy when you have a metal card. It's a different energy. More important. I don't know what it is about it, but you're like, I am hot shit because I have a metal card. Listen, I, it's why my two Amex metal cards are my favorite cards. I love my my rose gold. The between it being rose gold, which matches everything I own, and being metal, I'm like, yeah, they could like, I'm gonna want to use this card over anything else. So yeah. shout out to the marketing department. If anything, if anybody listens to this podcast, that's like at any of these businesses, like just we're all about the vibes and you know, we're easily manipulated. So like you give us a metal card, make it rose gold, (laughs) make it rose gold. Like we're going to be like selling it for the rooftop. We're like, you should get this card. They'll be like, why the annual fee is $1,200. So be like, I don't care. Like it's it's cute. It's cute. Like it's cute. If you're interested in flying more luxuriously for less and getting cheap business class flight deals, make sure you head to the show notes or my website, ashleygetsaround.com to sign up for my free email list. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I, you know, try to split up my money, I think is another good thing. It's not really the same as like getting prepared to leave, but I do think if you can make sure you have enough cards, like I would never leave the U S with just one credit card and one debit card that would make me insanely nervous. You guys. Um, so I would make sure you get up a back 
a backup bank account. Also, shout out to Charles Swab. They have a checking account that will reimburse you for all of your ATM fees. So I would highly suggest if you can opening a Charles Swab account, getting that debit card, and then having that on you so you can get some of those pesky ATM fees Mm, refunded. It is so nice. You feel like you get like an extra bonus at the end of the month and definitely get a credit card with no foreign transaction fees. I feel like most don't now, but like I still got one. Oh my gosh. You got year that had foreign transaction fees. So yeah, just really double check that. I think mail, I think the other thing is like mail is like, you're going to want to make sure like you forward your mail, somebody there, there are things called virtual mailboxes. Um, so if you, you know, can't send it to your parents or, you know, have a friend check a PO box for you, but it becomes an issue when you come back in the country and you don't have a permanent address. It was like a whole thing. Like for me to open my business bank accounts, I had to lie and use my old address because they would not open a bank account for me, for a business account with my PO box or my registered agent number, my registered agent's address. It had to be a physical North Carolina address. It was kind of crazy. So I was like, all right, we'll just put down an an old address. And thankfully it was fine. And that's a very specific to if you're running a business, but you know, for other things, you might need an address. So it might not be a bad idea to get your mail like squared away. And yeah. And just, I would say the stuff like get... If you're going for an extended, extended period of time, like, I think it's always just nice to clear out anyway, but I felt so good when I got rid of most of my things because I was in, I had a housing contract. I was a house director of a sorority. So it was like a house mom. This does not surprise me at all. (laughs) Is anybody surprised that Emily's a house mom? House mother. House mother. It was a good time. It was a good time. So I was signed in for a year. So when I knew that I wanted to take this, and for me, it was supposed to be like six to 12 months. That's yeah. what I budgeted for because I was planning for this to just be like an extended trip. The six to surprise, 12 months. Surprise. Surprise. Social media had other plans for me. Um, grateful. Hashtag blessed. But so... <laughs> So I got a whole separate bank account. I put a percentage okay. of my check in there. Smart. To save money. Like I didn't even think about it. A percentage of my check went to this bank account. So I Smart. saved money. I was my goal was twenty thousand for six months, but then okay. it took That's a longer. So I ended up doing forty thousand for a year, which I feel like I feel like it's I feel plenty. Like that's a lot. Yeah, right? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like was... it's plenty. Unless you're spending the entire time in like Dubai. Yeah. I definitely feel like you could 100% do it for cheaper. You could um, definitely do it for way cheaper. Like, yeah. I think you could probably do it for, like, especially if you're doing points and miles, like, or even if you're not. Like, I did sit five months and two weeks, so five and a half months in Southeast Asia for, like, $9,000. Yeah. You can definitely do it. I did mostly hostels. Yeah. You could still do, like, very reasonable hotels, Airbnbs for, like, 20 30 bucks a night. Because I feel like $100 yeah. a day, which is, like, 36000 is, like, the top end. Unless you're really like you're only staying at the Four Seasons, like right. you're only doing luxury. There's definitely ways that you can do it. Like you're obviously it's gonna go up and down according to where you are and what you're doing. But yeah, that's what generally what I was 
budgeting for. And I was also planning on staying in hostels. And I did that at the very beginning. I also signed up for like world packers and trusted house sitters to do like volunteering. So you get free food, free housing. I signed up for so many trusted options, house sitters, yeah. which you watch like pets and houses for people while you're traveling. And those are little bit more complicated because you do kind of have to know where you're going and what you're doing for those versus like sometimes I'm traveling, you know, the next day I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. But I obviously, um, yeah, so I had to move out of my housing. And so I had to get rid of most of my stuff. I moved most of my things into my car. So everything I owned was in my car for a little while. And I was just like staying at you know, my parents, my sister's place, my parents have a lake house, my fiance's house, bopping all around until I had left at the time. So I was saving on housing during that time too. I read a lot of books actually. Like obviously I read how to travel the world in $50 a day and how to quit your job to travel. That's by Leah Garcia, I think, and travel the world without worries. So I read all of those books and those were great. Like they had like good checklists and things, especially how to quit your job and travel that had like amazing checklists in there kind of like step-by-step about all the things that you should have in place. Like they were talking about, you know, student loan payments and things like that. Like if you still have student loans and like how to make sure that you have all of that, you know, on automatic payment and things and how to deal with things coming back from your trip as well. So if it's something that you're doing for just an extended period of time, like there will be an end date, you know, how to transition back into just society, finding a new job, potentially getting everything back in order, the kind of the emotional side that comes with it as well. So I would definitely recommend some of those books too. If you are interested in starting this lifestyle, save some money and kind of figure out the steps that you need to take. But I I feel like that was definitely my biggest thing was making sure I wasn't attached to any housing, especially when I like six to 12 months, I would say that's really hard, but I guess you could always rent or airbnb even with the car like i've never is it like turo or something like i've never used anything like that but you could but the problem is is you would have to have somebody run the turo reservation for you i feel like that would just be like a nightmare i feel like it's better just to hassle park it at a friend's house or park it at your parents or sell it just the better way to go i mean and honestly like i still have like I think three suitcases and a few boxes in my friend's basement. (laughs) And I've been home since June. And I am like, I think my Ugg boots are in, I think I should go. And I'm like, or I just buy new Ugg boots. Like I like literally, cause I'm, I'm stuck in 2010, you guys. Mm -hmm. And I like still, they're coming back. I've seen all the, I don't care if all the youngins wear them. They're coming with their yoga pants, their flare yoga pants. Perfect. Perfect. You are trendsetter. Then I'm like totally in style then. I'm so excited. But I think that (laughs) hashtag trends, um, I think it's like if you like out of sight, out of mind, like you're going to end up not needing, I think obviously keepsake stuff, like my college diploma, like those sort of things, obviously I want to keep, but you know, really pare down. Like by the time you come back in a year, you're going to realize like, oh, I really like, I've spent the last year living out of one suitcase. Like you realize you don't need as much many things as you thought. If you want to maximize your points and miles so you can travel more for less, check out travel more con more information down below in the show notes. I think speak, this is a good transition. Ooh, yes, I think I we should go into too. suitcase like, versus backpack. Practicing. I'm team. Ooh, actually, you are team suitcase. I am team suitcase. I am team. Really, I think no, I'm can, team backpack for a personal I think item. if you 100%. can pack a carry-on backpack light enough where you aren't miserable 
I do like the backpack. When I travel Southeast Asia, I had my backpack and it was fine. I was totally fine. Like I wasn't miserable at all carrying it around. When I packed it for another trip, where was I in Europe? I was miserable for some reason. I think it was just too heavy. I had too much stuff and it wasn't great. And you're doing way more walking in Europe because the yeah, taxes are more expensive. Yeah. And I think it was even, I think it was even hotter during the times that I was going to. So at that time, I al- almost wish I brought a suitcase. If I can bring a suitcase with my backpack that slides on top of my suitcase, always carry on backpack and purse or always carry on luggage and personal item backpack slides on top of my suitcase. And I can just push that around with me. That's the best way to do it. Like I just had to, I just got off a cruise ship in Miami and it was marathon day. So there was like no Ubers or anything. So we had to walk like two, three miles in Miami from the cruise ship dock. And I had my luggage with my backpack that I just slide on top and it was totally fine. And I was like, thank God I have this right now in Miami. So it is makes it easier. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think it depends on like the trip you're doing, but like I've done the backpack, I've done it in Europe. I've done the backpack in Southeast Asia. And honestly, like, I mean, I do carry on only, I think I, now I will say when I came home in like January of last year, I was like, Mm -hmm. I think I want a second suitcase. I want to have one on me and then check one, but I wanted things like I wanted to take a blender, like I, you know, things that you had to check and I just needed more stuff because I was working. But I think if you're just doing like a trip where you're have no job, you're just kind of like literally traveling. My favorite combination is still like a carry-on size roller bag and a backpack Mm -hmm. that has a strap that you can put on top of your luggage. Oh yeah. Um, And I can pack for six months in that, like if I had to, I think packing cubes, definitely do a trial run a hundred percent. Like you need a trial run and also like wear what you wear at home. You guys like, yes, you're probably going to do more maybe outdoor activities or different items that you wouldn't necessarily do at home all the time. You know, you're probably going to need more than one bathing suit. I mean, I typically only travel with one. Most people travel with two bathing suits, but like if you're going to be spending a ton of time at the beach, if that's a lot of your activities, if you're doing a lot of diving, you're probably going to want more than one bathing suit. But I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going on a trip. I only want to wear trekking clothes. (laughs) Like I just only want to wear everything from the REI and, you know, Lululemon and that's it. And then you get places and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, well now I'm in Paris and I like want to go to a nice dinner and I don't have a dress. So I think like for me, like items that work for multi use. So like I have a black dresses that I literally will wear it as a beach cover up. I will put jewelry with it and wear it like to dinner on a cruise I can put leggings underneath it and a sweater over it and it'd be another outfit for the cold. Mm -hmm. Like I think having items that are like multi-purpose, I love the color black. I think, I think you should stick to a kind of a color palette. Emily and I, I like those capsule, those capsule like wardrobes, like everything should, you should be able to mix and match. It's so, it's honestly so important. And then, yeah, just bring, that's what I do. Like I wear, I wear black, I wear like solid colors and then I'll just bring jewelry to like, I'll bring nice earrings to play with it around with it a little bit. Like, cause I just take up no room. You don't need anything. You don't need anything crazy. Just make sure that you could wear it multiple times. And I would definitely say like use the packing cubes are great. I have the compression packing cubes by trip travel gear. I really like those. Yeah. I love a, I love the packing cubes. And also for you for, for packing for women, like travel fashion girl is such a good 
I know we've talked about Alex on this podcast, like ad nauseum, but like I was a reader before we were friends and that's how I packed for my, Mm -hmm. all of my long-term travel was like, okay, I'm doing like an Africa trip. Let me see if there's a packing list. And I'd always be like, oh, like that's a good idea. And I think a lot of times like people are like, oh, don't pack jeans. They're too bulky. But like I live in jeans Like I always pack two pairs of jeans because I want to wear jeans everywhere. Like I'll wear jeans on a plane. I'll wear jeans. So I think it's like, if you at home wear jeans every day, I don't think you should leave the country for six months and not take a pair of jeans. Like that to me would be weird. Yeah. So I I think like you still have to like know what you like to wear at home because if you don't wear a lot of tech clothing at home, like you're not really wearing Athleta or Lululemon or any of that stuff. And that's all you pack. Like three weeks into your trip, you're going to be like, I just want to wear my normal clothes. So I think there's a good mix of like having some items that are quick dry that in a pinch you could wash in the sink, some leggings, maybe one or two like moisture wicking t-shirts is not a bad idea, but I don't think you necessarily need to go replace your whole wardrobe. Mm-hmm. No, unless you want to. Too. And then yeah. shoes. All right. Shoes. What are your shoes? Cause I, mm. I typically like to stay three pairs of shoes though. I will say now if I do another six month trip, I think I take four. You would take four. Well, I'm on the, I'm on the fence. It depends. So if I know I would love to do in the next year, I would love to do like an around the world trip again with mostly cruising. I did that in 2015. It was really cool. I combined two cruises and a couple like overland trips and it was really fun. I think for that, like, I don't want to be on a cruise without heels because I like to dress up for dinner. Yeah, so, you definitely want a pair, but sometimes you can get away with like sandals, nice clipping sandals. Clipping those. Well, I, I'll clip the heels to like the side of my backpack sometimes. Oh, smart! And get away with smart. that. And then I wear my sneakers, and then I'll bring like two to three pairs of like nice sandal, hiking sandal, and then like a flip flop or something for showers or whatever. So I love a Teva, 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 love a Teva. Yes, I don't care if you if people think you can't wear them to dinner. I like them even though, but also I'm from Asheville that that's just what people wear here, Teva and Chacos. So it's like, you wear that with a dress. Like that's not weird. I think they're great. Like shoes for, if you know, you're doing like water activities, like kayaking and stuff, like yeah, you need to protect awesome. your feet from rocks. They're perfect. Mm-hmm. And you can wear them with your bathing suit. They're quick dry. I love an echo sandal because I can walk all day in them. I can wear them with shorts. I can wear them with a dress. I can wear them with jeans and they're just like a multifunctional shoe and they look nice enough that you can wear them to dinner. I'm a big croc sandal gal. Oh, nice. I just got my like second flops. Yeah. So I had like the thong ones, the, the mm-hmm. ones that go through your toe and around your ankle. Loved those. Haven't been able to really? find them again. So I got like, it is, it's not a flip flop, but it has like that cross over the top of your foot. Okay. It's like a bigger section that goes off over the top of your foot. And then there's like the part that goes in between your toe. So they're pretty cute. Like they still look a little bit fancy. They're black. So they go with everything and they've been so comfortable. I've been wearing them all around. I'm going to need Disney walking everywhere. You to send me a link for those. I will. That I can order before we go to Mexico next week. Um, but yeah. And then I think if you're doing hostels, you really need a pair of flip flops, You do. which by the way, or even like something you want to slip on. Yeah. It's good to have a slip on shoe for a variety of reasons. Um, and one that if you go somewhere where you're like, I don't know about foot fungus, I, like it's good to have a pair of flip flops. Those take up zero room though, like zero room. Right. 
You can just so shove I them think, on the side of your suitcase. I th- if you I have say- a backpack that has a little section underneath with shoes i really like that too yeah i think in a general sense like if you do a sneaker like a closed hood shoe a sneaker a flip-flop and a like a walking sandal like a, a an echo or something like you really like that covers about 90 percent of my shoe things yes and don't forget there are stores abroad so like if you know like hey i'm doing like six months in southeast asia i'm not doing anything super fancy blah 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 and then you know oh for you know then you're doing three months in the Caribbean where you're doing like a bunch of cruises back to back or something. And you know, you're going to have nicer stuff. Like just pick up a pair of shoes in Miami before you get on your cruise, cruise, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I, I think I would like not worry as much about packing um, for every single situation, because especially if you're gone for a year, like you could rent snow boots, like you could just buy a pair of like, especially if you're only doing like snow activities for like two weeks like i wouldn't carry around snow boots if i was only going to need them for a couple weeks like i would either rent them or and there's a lot of places like in norway and stuff to rent them or i would buy a pair and then consign them or something while i'm there i personally wouldn't like carry around snow boots for four months or ship them home like if you know you're starting off like i don't know like you're starting off with a ton of trekking and you're going to need like hiking boots and trekking poles and all that stuff like maybe take that in like a duffel bag to the first part of your trip that's a couple months and you could just ship it home for like 40 or 50 dollars that's smart yeah yeah if you're interested in learning more about getting paid to travel the world make sure you check out the show notes and grab my free masterclass: how to make five thousand dollars a month while traveling yeah it's definitely like i wouldn't stress about the stuff that you know that you're not going to need the whole time like really just think about the day-to-day and then the other things like ashley said you can rent them. You can get them somewhere. I know they're so popular. Like any place where it's known for any kind of outdoor thing or scuba diving stuff, like they're all going to have things there that you need that you can either rent or or purchase buy and then pass along to other people or whatever. So just really think about the basics and then test the suitcase versus the backpack, what you're actually going to need, do a test run. Make sure if you're using a backpack, make sure it fits you really well that's really important like make sure it has the waist strap and the chest strap and you've had it fitted to you go to like an rei or ll bean or something and have them fit it to you because i think that's the worst thing about it is if it's one too heavy but also really uncomfortable also there's a specific way that you're supposed to pack a backpack to distribute the weight and i didn't know that because i don't like before 2015 i had never like i'd only done day hikes so i was like only carrying around like a bottle of water and some orange slices and there's a certain way yeah because the guy that i was dating at the time was like no wonder this hurts your back like you've packed this insane and then i looked it up and like yeah, like there's a certain way of packing it. Like the weight's not supposed to be in your back. It's supposed to be in your yep. hips. In your hips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I probably still pack a backpack here, but I just am like, I'm too old for this. Like, I don't want to, I just want to carry a suitcase. And like, there definitely are times, like there are certain countries where you maybe you don't want to like drag your suitcase on the street, like India. And I would just carry it. And that, with that instance, like taxis are so cheap in India that like, I'm not walking on the street with my suitcase. <laughs> so I think it just kind of depends. Yeah, it's good. Depend but for me, I just think a hard-sided suitcase I feel like it's more secure I feel like it's 90% of the time it's easier yes you might have to carry it up and down some stairs which will be annoying but like you should be able to lift it 
Like you shouldn't mm-hmm. take a, a suitcase should not be so heavy that you can't lift it. You know, like I yeah. can lift my 20, 25, 30 pound suitcase up and down a few flights of stairs. Yes. You have to be able to do that for sure. Like I don't want to do 10 flights, but I can do three or four with my suitcase and just be fine. Annoying, but it's fine. And I would say that's kind of important to like, make sure that you're okay. If you have to walk like mile, half a mile, walk up flights with of stairs, your stuff. Like, that is definitely going to happen at some point. So yes, there's no way it's not going to happen. So definitely test that out before you go. For yeah. sure. Just a lot of trial, trial and, and error, error, baby. But woohoo! So excited for you growing. Let's go. Yes. Everyone deserves a big long trip. You should take at least one for sure. You definitely should. Okay. Well, I think that's the end of this episode. We'll see you guys in the next one. Sounds good. Bye, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review. And if you want more of our shenanigans, you can follow us on social. I'm at Ashley at Ashley Gets Around. And I'm at Emily at Emily Eats and Explores. 